you have single-handedly changed our family because of mastermind because i felt safe enough and realized with your help realized that it's not just about the picking up of the toys and the back talk and the productive conversation scripts it's not about that it's about healing myself and becoming a better version of myself and showing up and being able to be that way for my entire family I really credit you with doing something that I literally have not been able to do with countless therapists and all the journaling and all the thinking and all the meditating and all the things. It was because of you. So thank you for helping heal what I thought was unhealable. My name is Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast. At Mastermind Parenting, we're on a mission to support strong-willed kids and the families that love them. You're listening to the Mastermind Parenting Podcast with Randy Rubenstein, and welcome to this week's episode. I hope you're listening to this today because I want to talk about Halloween and the dreaded candy that you have to deal with after Halloween, okay? So I'm gonna teach you my philosophy and how I handled Halloween and Halloween candy. And I want you to know you can apply this same method to birthday parties and all the things after, you know, like when you your kid has the birthday party and they invite the whole class and then you've got like a gazillion presents how you handle that, but it's, but we're going to focus on Halloween and then you can apply it to lots of other areas. So I hope you're listening to this today on Halloween and because it's going to be most effective when you set the plan, which is really establishing the boundaries, right? Before Halloween has actually happened. When you try to set a boundary, like after it's happened or when you're in the thick of it and it's very relevant, like it's a relevant situation, it's going to be more inclined to become a power struggle. It doesn't mean that you can't, you still can. It's just, I think the easiest way to set a boundary and for your kids to be clear on what the boundary is. Now, it doesn't mean that they're not going to test it, but they're going to be clear on what the boundary is before it's actually relevant. So when you have the conversation today about our plan for Halloween candy after Halloween, right? After you've gone trick-or-treating and the days and weeks ahead, right? So they're all excited about Halloween. All they're thinking about is their costume and trick-or-treating and their actual Halloween plan. They're not thinking about once trick-or-treating and the all the fun has stopped and now they're just left with gobs and gobs of candy. They're not thinking about that right now. So it's not really relevant yet. And you might be thinking, how can it not be relevant? Like, this is not their first Halloween. But kids live in the present moment. They're just thinking about this thing right now. When do they get to get their costume on? When do they get to go trick-or-treating? Who are they going trick-or-treating with? How late do they get to stay out? Whatever it is. So they're not thinking about it, okay? And if you have little teeny tiny kids, 
you still can do a version of this conversation and this planning, right? But, you know, it, a lot of times with little kids, it's out of sight, out of mind. So it's not as much of an issue. It becomes more of an issue after they're a little bit older. And I remember, I remember being the kid. I loved Halloween, as most kids do, except for my daughter, except for if your name is Avery Rubenstein, she found the whole thing very scary. She was such a kid who loved dressing up. And so we would, I would like, I would be disappointed every Halloween because I was like, oh my gosh, she dresses up like 365 days a year in different costumes and animal costumes. And that was kind of her thing as a little kid. This is going to be her night. And every time she always ended up needing to come home early, she got scared of something. She did not like all the scary things. So (laughs) it took us until she was, I don't even know how old where I was like, you know what? Halloween's not really your thing. And she was like, no, I hate Halloween. I was like, you hate Halloween. Like, I wanted to believe that there was this like amazing memory. And so I had to kind of like grapple with my own disappointment over the fact that she just hated Halloween. So that's just neither here nor there. Most kids love Halloween. They can't wait to get out there and go trick-or-treating. They can't wait to get their costume on. And so they're super excited. What do you know as the parent who also has been the parent of children during Halloween, when they come home and then it's all about, you know, sorting the candy and making sure everything is, everything's safe and, and, and they're going through their candy and maybe they're, you know, trading things or offering you the, the almond joys. I love the almond joys. Nobody in my family likes almond joy. My husband says that nobody under the age of 80 likes almond joy. I love Almond Joy. And so I get all the Almond Joys. So anyway, they sort through their candy. They trade. You get to see your kids' personalities. Like my older son, he was like constantly like putting all the Kit Kats together, all the Reese's together. And then he'd like even put them in little baggies. Okay. So you might have a kid that's super organized. So they worked hard for all this candy. Now, What's going to happen the night of Halloween? They're going to sort the candy. How much candy are you going to let them eat? Right? So some families might be like, well, it's a free-for-all. It's Halloween. I don't care. And in my family, we had, you know, just based on their ages, once they got a little older, they, you know, they weren't going to eat until they had stomach aches. My kids weren't. It really just depends on your kids. You just have to decide on what's your rule for the night of Halloween. When they're really little, it might be, and you can choose five pieces of candy, and you can eat five pieces of candy Halloween night. And then what's your plan for after Halloween? Where does the candy live? Where does it stay? I made these mistakes. This, like, my Halloween plan is was iterated over many years, mostly because we'd be like, damn, we forgot that detail. So your kids are going to want to keep their Halloween candy in their room. So where does the Halloween candy live? Does it stay in the kitchen? Does it stay with you? Are you the one who's who's in charge of the Halloween candy after Halloween? Like you keep the bags. When do they get to have Halloween candy? You know, so for the first, you know, week after Halloween, How many pieces of candy do you guys think make sense, right? Because 
look, we know you just worked hard on Halloween and you're going to want to eat this candy and we can't have you eating gobs and gobs of candy for weeks on end after Halloween. It's not healthy. So let's talk about it. Let's have our Halloween fun. We're going to eat. How many pieces of candy are we going to eat the night of Halloween? What makes sense? Right. And and if this feels too micromanagey for you, that's fine. You might just be like, whatever, I'm going to let my kids eat as much candy as they want to Halloween night. That's fine. You know your kids. And if you feel like your kids are the kind of kids that are going to get like terrible stomach aches, the truth of the matter is you kind of could let them get terrible stomach aches. And then that's what we call natural consequence. And and then they remember like the next year, you're like, okay, so we're going to have a plan. We probably did it that way because I can't imagine really micromanaging how many pieces of candy they could eat because that's just not really the way I roll. But I have a feeling somebody got a stomach ache at some point. And so then the next year I was probably like, okay, so there were stomach aches. Stomach aches were had last year. So let's talk about how many pieces of candy make sense so that you guys end the night in a great way because Halloween's fun and it's not very fun to end the night with a stomach ache. So how many pieces make sense? When you ask your kids what and how questions, this is really part of my productive conversation. That gives them agency over solving the problem. So now all of a sudden, instead of being the super controlling parent who's micromanaging how many pieces of candy they can have, like you're putting it back on them. It's it's a collaborative process. We're coming up with this plan together. How many pieces of candy? They're like, I don't know. You're like, I don't know. Like, would three be? What do you think about three? I mean, I always start low with my negotiation. And they're like, mm. I'd be like, four? And if they still look at me, I'm like, okay, five. Five, but really in my mind all along, I knew I was going to let them have five pieces of candy, but I act like they really talked me into something big. So decide how many pieces of candy you're going to let them have if that's your deal the night of, or decide that it's a free-for-all. Night of Halloween, it's a free-for-all, guys. That might be your choice. If you have a kid that's struggling and you know that what you're currently doing isn't working, maybe you've been reading books, you've been listening to podcasts like this one, you've been attending webinars, you've been really looking for resources, maybe even you've started going to different types of therapists and nothing really seems to be helping, I want you to check out our Basics Boot Camp program. We are enrolling our next small group. I don't know when the next group will be again, probably not for several months. And I want you to be in this group and let us help you, let us support you. We have a coaching program that's like no other out there. It's like parenting and personal development all under one umbrella because the difference with mastermind parenting than a lot of other parenting programs which there's some great ones out there they really have some good tips and tricks and tools problem is is that until we really help you to think about your child in a different way and truly understand what's going on with them and get to the bottom of this all behaviors is communication 
you're not going to remember to do any of those things. So what Mastermind Parenting does is we help you to think in a different way, think about your child in a different way, and really get to the bottom of what's going on with them. So I want you to go to mastermindparenting.com forward slash basics dash bootcamp. The link will also be in the show notes. I want you to go. I want you to check out the program. Class starts soon. If you are sick of your current reality, come. I promise you, your life will be different after 12 weeks. Not just your life, your kid's life. And that's even more important because you have a struggling kid and I want to help you help them. So can't wait to get to know you. And then let's talk about how many pieces of candy and for how long and where the candy lives. It's too hard to keep. Well, it's my candy. I want it in my room. I hear you. And candy's delicious. And you're a little kid. And when you're hungry and you've got the candy right there, it's going to be real hard not to eat it. So I'm just going to go ahead and hold on to the candy so there's no issues and we can set everybody up for success. So I, that's that's been decided. I'm I'm the candy keeper, right? Now, if you're the candy keeper and you're like me, then you'll be sneaking your kid's candy and eating it. And then my kids are like, mom, have you been eating my candy? Where's all my Reese's? Because <laughs> you know it's not about the Almond Joys because they already gave me the Almond Joys. Like where's the Reese's? I don't understand. Where's, where's the uh, with the the ten thousand dollar bar? Is that what it's called? Or the or the thousand? I don't even remember that one that's so freaking delicious that you don't get very many of. They're like, I know I had two of those, and there's only one left. Mom, did you eat it? I'm like, <sighs> they're like, Mom, <laughs> stop eating all my candy. So anyway, I'm the candy keeper. So, so there's the boundary. The boundary is you're not keeping your candy. I'm keeping my candy. I'm the candy keeper, right? And and so how many pieces of candy you think you guys should get a day? And and if, it, you know, your kids might be like, mom, she'd be like, no, you guys, if we talk about it now, it's not going to be an issue later. Halloween is fun. I don't want any negativity around Halloween. So we're just going to take the time now to set up our plan so that Halloween can remain fun. There's going to be no issues about Halloween. So how many pieces of candy do you think you need a day? In your mind, you already know two pieces of candy a day for the first week after Halloween makes sense. And they're like, five? You're like, no, five is for Halloween night. Like now Halloween is over. And I understand it's still fresh in your mind. You worked hard for this candy. How many pieces? You know, two, three. And then you're like, okay, two. Okay, I'm willing to do two, right? So then there is your boundary. They're allowed to have two pieces of candy. Now you're like, now, how many days does this go on? How many days after Halloween, right? In my mind, it's a week. So then you already know in your head what your, the boundary is, but you want to, again, what and how, how many days it's collaborative. They're going to have agency over it. This is not going to feel crazy, hyper controlling where then they're going to want to lie and sneak because they helped come up with the plan. Okay. A week. So what do we do after that week? Cause you're still going to have a lot of candy left. What do you think we should do with it? 
And they might look at you and say, we could donate it. You know, we could think about it. Candy, like you guys might not know this, but Halloween candy is expensive. Each one of those bags costs like 10 or 12 bucks, especially for the good stuff. So, you know, why do you think that like in our neighborhood where we see like lots of people coming from other neighborhoods, like cars full of people coming over here because it's where the good candy is. And so there's lots of people who, lots of children who would love to have this candy. Sometimes teachers give out candy in schools, um, Sunday school. Sometimes Sunday school teachers want to give out candy. Um, think about like a women's shelter. So could we donate it to a school? Could we donate it to a shelter? Could we donate it if you are lucky enough to have a house cleaner? Can we donate it to our house cleaner? Maybe she wants it. Maybe she wants to share it with her grandchildren. Where are we going to donate this candy that you worked really hard and we want to make sure that it doesn't go to waste? We're not going to just throw it away because I'll tell you what this whole donate thing does for your kid. Your kid worked hard for that candy. So all of a sudden, when we want to just toss it in the trash can, it's like we're tossing away all their hard work. So it's like it feels respectful to them and it feels like we're honoring like the importance of their hard work and how much this candy matters to them. So there's your Halloween conversation. I would love for you to have it today. Come up with your Halloween post-candy plan, right? What's your post-candy plan? This may sound like a pain in the ass and like, why, why do I need to do this? And I want you to remember how much possible drama happens around Halloween and candy after Halloween. So Let's end it on a high note. Let's follow through and let's set ourselves up for success so that our kids can have a wonderful Halloween and create beautiful, you know, fun, exciting, memorable Halloween memories. And you won't have to experience the disappointment I had to experience as a mom when nothing I did was going to change the fact that my daughter hated Halloween period, end of story. It was all because of that, you know, the candy bowl with the hand that grabs you. It was at Walgreens when she was three. We were at Walgreens. It was Halloween. They had all the decorations up. And I I don't remember who told her to put her hand in that candy bowl and that hand grabbed her. And I'm telling you that traumatized her forevermore. It was all about Walgreens and that freaking can't that scary candy bowl with the with the hand um okay that's what i got for you happy halloween hope you guys have a good one bye thanks for listening today guys i hope you picked up some tips tools maybe some baby steps for creating more balance and boundaries in your life and i just wanted to let you know if you want to continue moving the needle forward in creating this for yourself, having a happier household, I want you to go to my website and check out mastermindparenting.com. We have three beginning programs. And if you need some accountability and more support, then please look for the one that would be a good fit for you. Um, and as always, we're on all the social channels under mastermind parenting. On Instagram, it's mastermind underscore parenting. 
Um, and you know, periodically I do pop up on different Instagram lives, Facebook lives, where I give you teaching and coaching and I love engaging with you live to help you help your strong-willed kids so that they can feel better because when they feel better, they do better. And, um, I love, love, love getting to know you guys. So thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Super, super appreciative.